Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us. I am Jen. This is Adarian. We wrote a book called Let Me Introduce You, and we are going to be discussing ACL injuries today, specifically ACL injuries in the NBA because of this paper that Adarian sent me, which is called <laughs> Mechanisms of, see, I've got the full thing going, Mechanisms of Anterior Cruciate Ligament Tears in Professional National Basketball Association Players, a video analysis. So because this, this paper was based on images, what we're going to do is we're going to go through the paper for the first half of this. And then if you want, there will be a second part that actually is the video portion where Adarian walks us through some things. Correct? Correct. Okay. Just making <laughs> sure. I know the lay of the land. <laughs> Correct. So yeah, before first half, we... paper, second half video. Yeah. Perfect. Okay. Before we get into kind of what ACL injuries in the NBA look like, I think it's kind of important to understand some of this data. So this particular paper looked for ACL injuries occurring in the NBA from 1975 to 2022. I did a little math, yes. Go ahead, no, go ahead, I'll, I'll bring that up later, go ahead. Okay. So I did a little math and I based it on averages because the NBA has grown from 18 teams in 1975 to, I believe it's 30 teams in 2022. Yeah. That's, that's what Google said. I don't know if Google, Google might've been wrong. Oh. Um, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so there were approximately 3,760 players during this 47 year time frame. This assumes that the average NBA player plays about four and a half years during his career. Of those, 98 players have had ACL injuries, according to this paper. To the math, I'm saying <laughs> we shouldn't be talking about this. <laughs> and, and, and I guess, too, part of the reason that we're talking about this, that the players that get hurt are the ones that play, which are the stars. The ones that don't get hurt don't. The ones that aren't playing, they're not stars. So the reason we're talking about, I mean, if you if you're a bench player, you go out to me, nobody cares. <laughs> it's true. And the other thing I found really interesting about this is only seven of those sustained multiple ACL injuries. So yeah. So we have 98 players, 105 ACL injuries because seven of them sustained multiple ACL injuries. Percentage-wise, this is about 2.6% of NBA players. I'll be less than 2%. 2%? I think so. Unless, again, my math was wrong. Maybe it was, maybe it was less. I don't know. Um, it's not very yeah. many. Yeah. Yeah. We can do a quick math. But, yeah. But not only that, but it, but it goes with the standard across the board, even like NCAA stuff, where roughly 3% of the population gets injured. So this is kind of in line. This is kind of in line with that. Then, if if my if my math was correct, two point six percent, three percent. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. so you so and that's all. I, that's all I said is why are we worried about three percent. <laughs> other ninety seven, the other ninety eight percent, the other ninety seven percent is doing just fine. They call this like you know, they call this like a pandemic type thing. We got a pandemic. We got a rash of injuries. No, you don't, dude. You got two percent over over a forty five year period. I. <laughs> 47 year, 47 year. <laughs> uh, right. And that's a whole lot of players, 3,760 players. And again, only 98 
have been yeah. with the ACLs. What's that one? What, is that one or two a year? Yeah, I think so. One or two players a year. But, but <laughs> now let's, let's really put this in context, though. Let's really put this in the context of this year. And let's put it in modern standards. You know, let's, let's say modern standards. That, uh, and, and this is what they, this, this, this is when the numbers become really, you know, eye opening, is you have a person playing, let's say he's a starter, you know, and let's say he plays 35 minutes of a 40 minute game, you know, and he plays after 35 minutes a night, you know, uh, how many games they play? Seven it's a lot, games? something like that, yeah. So you're talking about this guy is, is playing 35 minutes a night, and let's, let's say, uh, how many contacts, you know, let's just contact, how many times does his foot leave the ground, come back on the ground? How many times does he, da, 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 da. So now you go, okay, this person's been playing all this game, all this contact, and then one, that's like the airplane going down, you know? <laughs> that's a good analogy, totally, yeah. At some point in time, the airplane's going to go down. I just don't want to be on that plane. Right. It's kind of simple, you know, at some point in time, the airplane's going to go down. At some time, a boat's going to fail. You know, so, but do we say, I'm not going to fly? You know, but wait, once again, what the difference is, if the plane crashed, they go back to it, they know exactly why the plane crashed. Somebody gets hurt, we have no idea. That's what we can talk about today. We're going we're gonna to put some ideas behind this. So that's what we're getting into today, yeah. But, but you have to think about that for a minute, the, the number of contacts that that leg has gone through, gone through, gone through, you know, and, and oops. So, yeah. Right. And all, the the, all, and all the variables that go into those contacts, because... So what these researchers did is they looked at video analysis of 27 in-game ACL injuries. So only 27 of those 98. Yes. And this is video analysis. This is video analysis. Okay. Yes. To try to determine. Very important. Yeah. To try to determine some potential causes of these ACL injuries. They found that of the of these 27 incidents. Five of the incidents had no player contact at all. 21 of the 27 incidents had indirect player-to-player contact prior to the injury. Okay. 10 of 27 of those incidents had indirect player-to-player contact during the injury. Yeah. And then contact prior to and during the injury were nine players, nine of those incidents. So, so how many players just fail in, in a sense? Five? Yeah. <laughs> so you talk about five, five. people now. Five. Because <laughs> yeah, it explain can you explain like like what does this mean? Like indirect player to player contact prior to the injury? That's like somebody going kind to get the ball. Them. Yeah. Kind of, yeah. Yeah. They didn't con- they didn't they didn't hit the knee directly. They kind of hit the person. Yeah. Right. And then during the, did it load? Yeah. Oh, we were successful. Cool. And then um, player to player, indirect player to player contact during the injury is more than a brush as the person's coming down onto the leg or however, you know, however the injury occurred, right? Yeah. And all of those things, are those considered perturbations? Oh, that would be a perturbation. Yeah. Even, even come down the ground is almost a perturbation. Because you don't know. Right. Right. But you know what it is? Proprioception. Proprioception. 
That's like one of my favorite words. Yeah, I just had to say it. <laughs> okay, well, wait, how is it proprioception? See, see, so you think, see, you should have let it go. <laughs> oh, no, no, we're coming back to this, right? <laughs> <There you> <laughs> it, it's proprioception because what's going on is you're in this space and you move into right. the air. And so what the body is sensing is when am I supposed to come down? Yes. And that's the proprioception part. When, when am I going to come? Because I'm not even looking at the ground anymore. So right. proprioception is telling me when I'm going to come down. And based on that, I'm going to get my landing in. This makes sense. And if you've got a perturbation that you're dealing with, that can throw some of that off, right? Not really, because you're still dealing with the same. Like we look at one of these, we look at one, one the one I recorded, you know, what's happening is the person is still trying to look at the basket as he's coming down. So mm. proprioception is still working. Like it's, it's still to understand this when you contact the ground. But the person right. himself now is doing something, you know, as he looks at the basket and it's, it's causing, but we'll, we'll get to that later. But as far gotcha. as that, he's not, he can't see the ground anymore. So one thing that's right. guiding him to the ground now is the fact that he needs proprioception to help him guide to the ground. Yes. And, and, and the definition of proprioception for all of you listening who are curious, it's your unconscious awareness of your body and where it is in space. Yeah. And so falling, so. I can't see the ground anymore. Uh, so before we get into what the authors concluded about all of this, when you sent me this paper, you said this is collisions gone bad. Yeah. So what, well, that's why, so, so let's get into this. Let's get into this. These guys are, are observing video. Right. Based on their observation, they make a paper or a study. Yes. Based on the observation. And, and, and like anything, you know, the, the whole thing about it is, any study with anything else you can only with science the worst thing about science is if they can't observe it if they can't measure it to them it doesn't exist so these guys can only be biased a certain way because they can only what can they see to measure to observe and based on that they make it a study but the question is what did they miss you know so that's 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 probably the worst thing about science and using science especially somebody's observational scheme to determine something, you know, is like, ooh, you know, even like in the one video I watched where the guy said, you know, the leg has to be in a straight position. And then he shows the bent leg. He said, that's relatively straight. No, they do. that's not straight. It's bent still. But you're trying, to, you're trying to make it fit these criteria that you set up and it doesn't fit anymore. Yeah. You know, uh, and like they said, the trunk leaning over and the trunk's not leaning over. After the injury, the trunk leans over because why would it lean over that way? Because he's trying to get off the load. So once it's after, but they said during, no. So that becomes the whole thing with, with, with trying to use these things. But, uh, but we get to that too. So, yeah. but the biggest thing is um, for people, you know, that's, that's why when conversations take place, everybody has to be on the same page, you know, as far as information. So I think, you know, we're going to some things that we talk about just to put everybody on the same page when we talk about collision. And collisions, yeah. two objects run into each other. So anytime you leave the ground, you hit the ground, you collide it. Now, the whole thing about it is this here. The body also will collide with itself. Right. Because the foot's collide with the ground, and the body's still coming down. Right. And at some point in time, it's going to meet up with, it can't meet up with the ground, so the only thing it can meet up with is itself. The body's trying to move up as the body's trying to move down. You know, uh, you know same thing if I drop my arms down, my arms just collided into my body. 
it, it's that, that that's a collision. And so um, and I think it sits you to one on, on like even on me running. Right. Where the one video, yep. who the other video, you know, you can see them basically climbing myself <laughs> as I'm running. Right. You know, no big deal because that's not gonna, you know. But for some other people, that may be a big deal. That may that may cause them to, you know, be jarred and things like that. So the other part too is understanding gate mechanisms. And so when we talk about these things, there's some things that that you know, how is the bike supposed to be active in the first place? And that's what we get talking about too when we talk about these motor learning patterns of central nervous system and things like that. Yeah. And and to me, I think that there's certain things already built into the system. It's going to happen if it. If this feels pressure, this is going to happen. It's, 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 right. it's, it's been statements all day long. If this happens, right. this is going to happen. If this happens, this is going to happen. And so one of the things that happen as you walk is the knee is what I call buckle should relax. Basically, it's going to, it's going to bend. Right. You know, so at some point, point to you, and that's what we see a lot, you know, is, is when you hit the ground, the knee kind of gives out of the way. You know, and that's just extending the collision. And also the knee doesn't take the blow. You know, it just gets, kind of gets out of the way. So, and I call it just buckling. It's just really just like somebody pulled the rug out from underneath it. Or like we talk about that feeling you get when, when somebody's walking behind you and they kick you in the back of your leg and it just buckles out, you know? So there's people kind of a, a awareness of what that is and everything. So, but that's doing just normal gait that happens. Now, some people walk straight legged, but it doesn't happen. Right. So the most part, when people run, jump or something like that, and they have a collision with the ground, the knee will go ahead and just relax and bend out of the way, you know? So, uh, so that's the thing against too is we're gonna put that in there that that's part of what we would say is normal gait, right. you know, to help out this whole process and everything. So okay, right. And if that doesn't happen, then you end up with uh, a collision that creates unwanted vibrations, correct? Right, right. Because it's gonna continue to travel. Now it's basically landing on a straight leg, and it's gonna continue up the system. Right. You know, it's not gonna you know it's not gonna stop here. It's gonna go till around your brain. That's what sometimes people say. Yes. It's, straight to your brain, your teeth are vibrating, things like that. Yeah. Yeah. So, but the biggest thing is, is, is how, you know, with collisions, you know, people need to understand. And, and, and you know, we're not getting to the physical elastic, inelastic collision, all that kind of stuff, which is just a transfer, you know, one object can stick to the object or the object, you know, without no loss of, that's a whatever thing. Right. You know, we get into is the fact that a collision is going to be extended. Yes. And the, and it's just a way for the body to slow down. And it's just a way for the body to slow down. Because you don't want your head to run back into the ground. And that's what you don't right. want this jarring effect. The foot hit and then all of a sudden your head's being jarred. You don't want that. So what does the body do? It slows down the, the head. So it's going to say, we're going to bend you out of the way so you can slowly slow down. So by the time you get to the stop point, you're not being jarred anymore. So, so extended collision is just a, 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 a long deceleration period. That's all. It's just a long... And, and, and the longer the deceleration lasts, the less of that energy is being transferred to whatever's being protected. Because the foot took it off. The foot, right. the foot, the foot took it. But, but you're still traveling downward. So it's the head slowly, or the low back that's slowly decelerating before it runs into some, and then it becomes a low impact issue versus a high impact issue. Right. Which can change the vibrations from, wanted, from unwanted to wanted. Right, right, right. So. Right. There's benefits to this, yeah, this sort of thing. Liquid, and we got these things going on, and us, you know, that liquid sloshes around, just like any, it sloshes. So, right. And one of the things that allows for these collisions is a series of rotations. 
So, well, yeah, everything, everything's rotational. I, I mean, yeah. it's one of the things that, that if, if we're moving, it's rotational. Right. You know, and people don't see it that way, but they should. But if my head moves, it rotated. If my right. arm moves, it rotated. It rotated. It, it rotated. There, everything yeah. is rotational. There's, there's no way of getting around that and stuff like that. And, and so, uh, uh, you know, it, it, the trunk goes this way. And a lot of times people talk about these things like internal, external rotation. You know, right. we like to use the words pitch on roll. Uh, uh, it, it gives a better description of, 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 of the direction and everything uh, as far as um, movement or rotation in all directions. Uh, you know, I, I remember when somebody said that if I have my arms out like this and I do this, that's internal. I'm like, internal to what? Right. <laughs> internal. <laughs> this is, you know, if I, if, 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 and so this is the difference. If it's here, it's internal to what? If it's down right. on my side, okay, I get it. That's internal. But it's out here, internal to what anymore? Yeah. <laughs> Nothing here anymore. <laughs> so, 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 but, but, you know, pitch yon roll takes care of those things. Right. So that just puts people on the same page too, that, you know, yeah. uh, I don't think internal external rotation covers half the things that people. Well, know, and so. some of the, some of the conclusions will will touch upon this as well. Yeah, so yeah. you'll have you'll all have yeah. some fun with. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Even one of the videos we're gonna watch, where the guy says, "This is rotating," and like the thing didn't move. Right. It didn't move. <laughs> or or it's pitching, or it's pitching, and he called it internal. How's that internal? It's moving away from the body. How's that internal anymore? How's right. that external? You know. So yeah, crazy. But yeah, that's the. But so everybody's on the same page. We get these terms out of the way, and then exactly. we get. So. Kind of bring it back around. So what did the authors conclude? They looked at all this, these 27 videos, they analyzed them, they found, you know, what, when the injuries were occurring. They concluded that something called single leg casting, yeah. bilateral hopping, and yeah. single leg landing after contact were three distinct ACL injury mechanism classifications. During these three mechanisms, injured limb contacted the ground during a deceleration event outside of the base of support. Can you explain what all of that means? <laughs> Googly God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> oh, think about that. Single leg landing outside the base of support. You can't. Right. The single leg is <laughs> the single. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> So now what they may mean is they see a single leg outside the base support means the, the leg may be to the left of the body or the right of the body, not underneath the body. Right. But once again, we have joints. And because we have joints, it makes these things work. So if they, that's what they're really talking about in a sense. And if I was to stand up, you know, I'll, I'll just, so, so people that can see this, you know, single leg landing outside the base support. And this is why this is funny because basically what they're saying is the leg's over here. My body's right. over here as I'm coming down. But guess what? If I come in here, guess what? That that becomes this here. It it should go this way here. Rarely, yeah. rarely are you gonna land with the leg directly on the knee. Rarely is that gonna happen in these sports where you're spinning and twisting. You know, right. where you're gonna land exactly. Yeah, that makes that makes sense. There's too many variables to allow for that to happen every time. That would be like a very controlled setting where the foot would always land underneath you. Well, unless you're a gymnast. Right, that's true. Unless you're a gymnast, you know. But, yeah. But they have to do that for a reason. They want points. Right. 
They have no outside influences. They have, they have no perturbation. There's nobody bumping them while they're in the air. There's no, I'm not trying to do a layup. I'm not trying to duck underneath the body. And oops, yeah. I see it, all of a sudden I got to try to avoid it. You know, they yeah. have those things. So, so it's a different story. So, but, but once again, we have these joints that allow us to land. That's what, that's what, you know, they allow us to land with this leg, you know, away from the main body and, and things like that. That makes sense. So what other things did these authors conclude? They further included, this is Darian's favorite term as we've already covered, internal rotation on the tibia increases strain at the ACL ligament and also induces anterior tibial translation. What does all of that mean? <laughs> well, translation means it's not is that Right, isn't that shearing? Yeah, basically translation. Well, yeah, it, well, or it's moving, but it's not rotating anymore. In translation, you know. But the other part is this here. Uh, if you, I'll do this. <laughs> this, is, this is cool stuff. This is cool you stuff. Know? So you know, if you if you look at this leg, and so what they're saying, the tibia is rotating, but nothing else is rotating. Right. That that's hard. Yeah. That's hard that the tip is going to rotate and nothing else is going to rotate. That's really hard, you know, that, that now the, the thing is, you know, just this here um, on some of these, and we could we play some of these things in the video because the guy's pointed out and he said that, you know, if I'm landing this way, you know, so I'm coming down this way. Right. You know, and they talk about, you know, that this is going to rotate. It's hard because once again, people got to remember this here and like the video, we got to bring this term pressure. When there's pressure on something, it's hard for that to move. Right. Of the, the only way for it to move, you got to take the pressure off, like you saw the guy with the on the one arm. That arm is not going any place until he takes the pressure off of it. That was a cool video. It was a one arm handstand guy hopping from one block to the other. So we're doing the same thing. So if I'm on this leg, nothing's it's pressurized. It it I can rotate my upper body. Because it's not pressurized, but this leg, it ain't going nowhere. It's right. Pressed. The only way for me to do some is I have to unload it. I have to take the pressure off of it. And right. if, if I, if I, and this is what the guy did in the video. Basically, he did that. Yeah. He took the pressure, did that. He took the pressure, yeah. but this, like I said, if an object's under pressure, it's hard for the object to move anywhere because of the pressure is holding it in place. Right. So, what else did the, the authors find? They also found, Darian also loves this, athletes with greater knee and hip flexion angles upon landing were at greater risk for injury. Yeah. But this is other problem too. Then they, they also, then they, bring, they didn't blame straight leg stuff. They, didn't say they did not. Yeah. The That's the funny part. So this is saying, you know, these flexions causing problems. Some other guy said, right. no, straight leg causing problems. That's a funny thing. So, yeah. <laughs> but, but once again, we have joints. And it rarely are we going to, you know, and the thing about it is, what does that mean compared to whom? Compared to what? Right. Greater than what? Yes. You know, because you didn't go back and watch everybody land. Right. And then say, look at all these people landed this way with this degree of da 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 da. No problem. These guys land this way, you got a problem. So, yeah. so what are they comparing this information to to say the word, because what's the word greater than? Greater than, yeah. Greater knee. Also, athletes with greater knee and hip flexion angles upon landing. Yeah, what does that mean, greater than? 
Just greater knee and hip flexion angles. I don't know, greater than what? They didn't specify. Yeah, yeah. greater than what? <laughs> <laughs> and maybe they did earlier. Maybe they, I think they may have like had like specific degrees that they were looking at in terms of. But still greater than, what are you comparing it to? Right. Because you, you, didn't, you didn't have this measure before the athlete got hurt. Right. So, so that's like, you know, this whole even like body weight stuff where, you know, sometimes they put these words, they have to do what they got to do. But when they start what I call embellish or decorating, and that's basically right. decorating, my line is decorating this, you know, they could have said that, you know, they were at these angles, but say greater than, you know, um, you know, this, you know, people talk about body weight stuff, you know, three times your body weight, this is a tremendous force. Three times? Yeah. That's one, two, three. What about 10 times? What yeah. about 30 times? What about 40 times? What, what made three times a huge force? Right. And so, so then people take this information and say, man, I got to deal with this huge force. It's determined by, so greater than is determined by. The researchers that be. I said that bias, the more is Because, you know, once again, just put the information out, let us, let us deal with it. Right. But when they say greater than, then people go, oh. Right. No, it's true. So there are some suggestions that were given from the study about what we should do to prevent ACL injuries. And some of these, you're going to love these. Um, you should practice single leg cast and bilateral hop without excessively striking the ground outside of the base of support. That's why you got hurt. So why not practice it when it got to hurt? <laughs> if, if, <laughs> you already did that in the game. You already, you already, this is have to practice that. Just play the game. You'll do that all the time. No big deal. Uh, it's true. That's that's what I posted. I think I posted it on Instagram. That same thing. Nobody's practicing this. Because uh, think about this here. Put, think about this here for a second. Knees over toes. What, what's the guy? Yes. What's implicating that knees going past the toes is a problem? That severe knee flexion is a problem. Right. Then you read the study. Go. Nobody's in that position that you said you pull a person for. Yeah. Nobody's in that position that you're bulletproofing for. Right. <laughs> we have some other conclusions. Hip flexion should simultaneously accompany rapid knee flexion induced by deceleration. Sorry, decelerate. You collided with something. You're right. <laughs> right. <laughs> As we talk about the collision, and, and, and one reason the body's holding up is because, but, but it's trying to protect up here. Right. You know, and, and so and so that becomes the other thing. The, the joints usually are what's helping us out in this situation and everything like that. But you're already decelerating. That's, you ran into something. You're not a, you ran into something called the ground. Right. Well, and this is because if your knee buckles when you run into the ground, you create the space to move into essentially, right? Right. So, yeah, because some and, and, and you got to remember, it's a longer path. Things start taking a longer path to travel. So right. Always, it's 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 one of those things where yeah, once you hit the ground, once you hit the ground, and and, and it's kind of simple. I guess we should demonstrate that for people that are going to watch this. You know that some people walk straight legged, and, and all that means is they foot hits the ground, and the knee stays straight. Right. And you can you can you can walk. I mean, it's no it's no big deal to walk straight legged. No big deal. You know, but a better way to walk is. When your foot's on the ground, the knee's gonna flex. Yes. 
because that helps this next collision out. This, right. this is a heavier collision, you know, than this one here. And all it's going to happen, you get to a certain point, the knee just bends, and you just step through it, you know? So, yeah. so that's, that's the whole thing. But the same thing, if I jump and land, guess what's going to happen? If I come down on one leg, guess what's going to happen? Right. So all these things are going to happen where this knee wants to bend upon because it's trying to slow the system down anyways, you know? Yes. And so if you get to a certain part of your foot, guess what? It's going to, so if I get to a certain part of my foot, the knee's going to do this anyways. Happens naturally. Yeah. But now the other part too, and we just, this other thing too, what gets people, you know, and, and this is the beauty of the system, why joints are good. That does that. So that does that. I can, that's the beauty of it. the rotations work because it's right. all rotation. So it's amazing how all of a sudden things bend and the hip goes, the rotations work. You need that knee to bend. Right. You know? And that way I can be off kilter, be outside the base. You can be all yeah. these things because the knee bends. Yes. And for those of you that can't see the video, Darian took a step forward, knee bent. He allowed himself to rotate around the leg so that he was suddenly facing a different direction. Yeah, all because my hip got displaced. All because his hip got displaced, yeah. But, 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 that's, but once again, if you don't understand rotations here, right. you know, all, if this is spinning this way and then that bends, it's going to continue to spin. But it's so much easier than if, if all of a sudden this is not bending and this wants to rotate or go someplace else, then we have a problem. Right. So the problem essentially comes when one thing is still and the other thing is rotating. Not, not when we watch the videos, you see different. So when we watch okay. the videos, the problem, the, the problem is, the, the problem is, is, we have to see the video. Okay, okay. But, but yeah, we'll see the video. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, that's part but, two, so. People are blaming on something. Don't blame it on the joints. The joints do the, the joints do what they do. Actually, protect them. Right. It's not that the joint bent that caused me to get hurt. It's the fact that the joint bent protected me from getting hurt. Okay. Okay. Uh, a couple more conclusions, and then we will end this, and we'll go into part two. During single leg casting, posterior trunk lean and lateral flexion should be avoided which makes perfect sense when you're playing a sport like basketball. <laughs> but once again, like I said, if you understand joints, everything's okay. Because what they're saying, I mean, how many times am I going to try and do some, I'm right. coming in this way. Yes. But you got joints and if the, if the joints, they do their thing, everything's okay. Yeah. So, so yeah, that's, that's like I said, perfect. Yeah. So I, so I can't play basketball. I got it. Oh, I, I would love to see a basketball game where there's no lateral flexion of the trunk. No lateral and posterior. <laughs> yeah. It just got boring. It just got boring. It just became non-athletic. Just, just, just stop being athletes. And then the final conclusion, and I took this quote directly from the paper. So I paraphrased a lot of this stuff. This is a direct quote from the paper. In such cases, quadriceps strength, neuromuscular timing of the quadriceps, and hamstrings in rapid deceleration, hip abductor strength, 
and motor control strategies that allow for hip flexion and not relative hip extension and deceleration would all be considered important. <laughs> so basically we're supposed to train neuromuscular tightening of the quadriceps and hamstrings and rapid deceleration to help protect us yes. from this potential injury. Yeah. 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 So, and, and, you know, once again, you know, hip flexion, if the knee bends, guess what the hip does? It flexes. flexes. Yeah. Like it, yeah. It's a coordinated system for a reason. Yeah, it's coordinated. So, yeah, you don't have to worry about that. Just, you know, but once again, you know, like I said, you got this thing, this, this perturbation that just happened. Right. And, and there's no time to correct for it, basically. Which at the end of the day, like you said, this is collision has gone bad. At the end of the day, that's what's happened. You've had an outside, you've had an unexpected event. So this right. perturbation. Right. And the system doesn't have time to, to rebalance you. And that's why I said balance is the yeah. biggest thing. When people talk about it, it doesn't have time to rebalance you to put you in this position to be okay again. Right. So, yeah. So, but interesting paper. Interesting paper. So... We're going to conclude with that. If you're interested in knowing more about how this all works, I suggest you purchase and watch the next section, which is going to be a Darian going through some video analysis of the ACL. And again, as a reminder, if some of these concepts didn't make sense, I strongly suggest you check out the book. Let me introduce you. Tales of Levers, Resums, and Movement. All right. Thanks, everybody. Oops, didn't mean to do that. Live streaming has stopped.